Welcome to the Jungle. That gets us started today. I feel like that was a perfect uh, theme for the movie that our director guest just kind of oversaw, kind of put out. It just came out this past weekend. Man, if this song doesn't get you pumped up, just to hear some positive content, be able to just charge forward with your day. I don't know what will. Welcome to I Could Never Be, the show that helps you relate to the kind of people that you put on pedestals every day and every week, maybe in your rise to success, whether it be actors, athletes, musicians, people in business. And I don't know about you guys, but I didn't needed this today. You know, this past weekend, I kind of got bogged down. There's a lot of just negativity, I feel, in the news and Twitter and all over the place. And now, don't get me wrong, there's a lot of negative events going on, but I feel like a lot of people unfortunately kind of seek out the negative or want to be able to find that to be able to put out maybe a misleading headline or tweet and that's you know it gets it gets to you at a certain point but that's why i love this show that's why i love the content that we're putting out and that's why i love today's guest that we have on he is a movie director producer and writer but more importantly he's a go-getter he came out of the gate strong with wolf creek which grossed $28 million on just a $1 million budget. I'll let you do the math as to the percentage there. Amazing, though. He has since continued to shine, directing stars like Kevin Bacon, Sam Worthington, and his latest feature film just came out this past weekend, Jungle, which starred Daniel Radcliffe. Please welcome Greg McLean. How you doing? How you doing, man? (laughs) You having having a good day? Uh, so far, it's getting better every minute. <laughs> I know you've been busy because Jungle just came out this weekend. I know you've been running around doing a lot of promotions for that. And obviously, yeah. you know, that came out. Is it, uh, is it a good feeling when a movie like that comes out? You, a relief, maybe? Um, it's, it's always nerve-wracking when you release anything because you're waiting for people to comment. Um, but, you know, we've had, you know, I mean, it, it, you know, the, the movie is based on a true story. It's mm-hmm. a really inspirational, uplifting, you know, tale. Um, and I've been doing press with the real guy who experienced the the, wow. the adventure himself. So it's good fun to kind of reconnect with him and reconnect with the actors and you know share this story. Um, and we actually had a screening last night, and we're all there. A lot of the actors were there, and we were on, we did a Q and A. It was just you know it's such a wild you know tale and. Um, it's interesting to see how it moves people, and it was great just to kind of reconnect with those guys. Yeah, and that's in theaters nationwide. Uh, and if people want to obviously be able to check it out, you can Google that. You can find the nearest theater. But uh, to be able to follow you on Twitter, it's at Greg ECP. Correct. What does ECP stand for? i got to know. Emu Creek Pictures. Oh, okay. Emu is the large flightless bird from Australia that Americans can't pronounce. <laughs> can you say emu? Emu? Yes, you can. Yes, I did it. <laughs> it's really, really funny. It's one of the few things that Americans really can't um, pronounce because they say emu. Because ah. emu is not really part of the vernacular yeah. here. And I, I'll people say, what's the name of your company? Emu Creek Pictures? <laughs> it's emu. So, no, it's, it, it's called uh, – because I, I grew up in a small town yeah. called Emu Creek. So – Today, nice. my production company. Very nice, very nice. Well, I hey, I like it. I like the story behind it. And you can follow me on Twitter, on Instagram at the only MC. If you're joining us live on YouTube, we appreciate it. Live at four ten every Monday. But iTunes listeners, we appreciate you as well. Please like, rate, comment, give us five stars. Tell your friends again. Love spreading that positivity. And I want to be able to spread as much news as I can about Jungle because it, it just—it's one of those movies that just keeps you on the edge of your seat. Right. And you—you you love those movies. Yeah. Were you, did this, was this next one when you heard the story? And obviously, that it is based on a true story. Were you like, I, I, this is it. I need to be able to get it attached to this project. It, it was. I mean, that's exactly what it was. Um, I read the script, and it's a—it's a—you know—it came to me as a based on a book, true story, which was fascinating. And I read the script, and it is. You know, the, the story is an amazing, um, amazing adventure tale. And it's an, a, kind of this one guy who gets lost in the Amazon jungle and survives against incredible odds. And then also, I don't want to give away what happens at the mm-hmm. end of the story, but 
you know, two of the four people come back and survive the journey, but the, what happens to the main character played by um, Daniel Radcliffe is this incredible battle against the elements and also a battle against himself to try and find resources with himself to survive this impossible situation. So I was kind of inspired by it. It actually made me cry when I read the story. When I read the book the first time, Wow! just the end of the story, I just couldn't believe that it was real. And I met with the author and talked about it and just fell in love with the story and, you know, wanted to get involved. Yeah, it's one of those things. I mean, you have to you have to find something. It's not physical strength. It's like right. it's mental strength and emotional strength at that point. You just get lost in the air. You said the Amazon. Right. He kind of goes there. For people who don't know the plot, he kind of goes there and wants an adventure. Yes. Wants to be able to experience something that is not a tourist thing. And he gets himself into that. Yeah. he. I mean, you know, when he was 21 years old, left, he was in the Israeli army, came, you know, went traveling around the world to find himself. He was really seeking adventure. And he had this romantic idea about going to um, South America and discovering lost tribes and finding, you know, hidden treasures and had a very romantic idea of what he wanted. Um, met with two friends, an American guy called Kevin Gale and a Swiss mm-hmm. guy called Marcus Stam. They became really close friends backpacking around South America. Yeah, met in South America. In South he America. didn't know these people right. before he got there. No, no, they, they all hooked up on the tourist trail. And then um, then they met a, a guy called Carl um, Ruprechter, who was basically a uh, Austrian who was living in South America, who approached Yossi and, and they got talking and said, look, I, you know, I live in the jungle. I know these, I know all about you know, where these tribes are. Do you want to go on a journey with me and your friends? So they end up going with him into the into the jungle. And what seems like an innocent kind of fun time, and it is for a while, turns really deadly because Carl turns out to be not what he said he was. And the, the jungle itself changes their own personalities as they deal with, um, you know, their friendship kind of dissolving and ultimately splitting. And that, that's what causes the real problem because then once they split... Um, you know, things go to... They, things, you know, and you're really on your it, own. You're on your own, yeah. <laughs> it goes horribly wrong. And it's, you know, it's, I'm sure you know that growing up in Australia, I mean, the, the elements when you're out there, there's a difference between reading about them maybe and experiencing them. Right. Is that, is that a, maybe a comparison of what the, maybe the outback of the insects, the <laughs> creatures, the reptiles that are there? I think the, uh, the outback kind of tames into, you know, the outback is like West Hollywood compared to the Amazon jungle. <laughs> in the Amazon jungle, basically, which I didn't know until I went there to, to, to study, to prepare for the film, but you know, when you go into that um, environment that's so um, so kind of primitive, everything there is designed to kind of eat any new flesh. So people going wow. in deep into the, the real Amazon, they're kind of like a walking smorgasbord for all the insects and parasites and bugs and things because they are just drawn to food. And so that is an incredibly dangerous part of the world. I mean, I'm not saying that Outback Australia isn't dangerous because obviously there's a few deadly things there as well, but the Amazon is something else. And, and the movie kind of demonstrates what he went through in trying to survive there as a person lost in that, in that jungle. I was going to say, the, you, the fact that you went there, what, did, you, did you know a bunch of this stuff before you went there? Or what did you learn maybe throughout this movie? Well, I didn't know much. I hadn't actually. I did a movie in South America before this. I made the mm-hmm. Velcro experiment yep. before this. Movie. We also shot that out of um, out of Bogota in Colombia. Um, this one we based out of Bogota as well. We went into the jungles. I didn't know much about the Amazon. I didn't know much about it at all. But hanging out with Yossi, who is the real guy who went through the journey, I just learned so much about the culture there and about the environment and about. I mean, he, and he's become a real kind of eco warrior. He went back uh, back to South America after the experience and set up a, um, a resort in the middle of the Amazon to help a tribal culture that was going to be wiped out unless they found wow. a way to survive. So he went back there and spent three of his life setting up this in, um, environmental center to help people come and you know, experience the Amazon firsthand. Um, but it's an amazing place. And you could spend a lifetime studying just a small part of it because it's so rich with life and so rich with different ecosystems and mm-hmm. 
it's 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 really an amazing place. I always joke with friends. It seems like the 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 true story. People love hearing true stories in right. movies, and I I joke with friends about whether things are. Uh, hold on, I have it written down here. Based on a true story, <laughs> based on true events, or inspired by, by true events. <laughs> Watch out for inspired by. <laughs> that one gets a little bit loosey-goosey with yeah, the it's facts. Like one, one thing happened yeah. at this one point in history, and now yeah. in a different place, right. we're making this other film about these other different people. But one thing is yes, true. Yes. It's like when they say in a movie poster, uh, from one of the producers of some particular... <laughs> it's like, which one was it? Because they're like, it's always fine print. From one of the people involved in this big title show. (laughs) From one of the people who lived in a different part of the world at the same time that this was going on. This producer had lunch with Steven Spielberg. (laughs) Yes. I love that. Oh, man. But uh, this seems to be certainly the the former. This is really kind of a true story and really based on that. Right. This is, no, we, we, I mean, we're not that. Like, we basically, um, when I come onto the film, the script had been around for a while, and people had I, I could see evidence of people trying to make it more movieish or more sort of Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went back to the book and said, "Why aren't we just telling the story?" Because the book is written so honestly and so truthfully. Because it was written when he was twenty three years old, and he was just telling what happened. And the yeah. book's really powerful because of that. It's raw, it's, and it's not affected in any way. Um, so I thought, let's just tell it like that. And so basically I, my job was to strip all that stuff out and tell the story as simply and honestly as I can because to me that was, that, would, that was the most powerful telling of the story. Mm-hmm. Um, so everything in the story is pretty accurate. I mean, we compressed some events where they walked, you know, yeah. they didn't walk over 10 mountains, they walked over one because you'd be just watching a five-hour miniseries of guys <laughs> walking in the jungle. But, but it's pretty accurate. You know, we try to capture the essence awesome. of the people and the relationships and the places and... I love that. I love that. And I think, yeah, I think too many people, they try to sensationalize it instead of being like, this, this is a great story. Yes, right. Like, you can, it's a, you can tell this story really well. You yeah. don't need to add, you know, oh, thousand snakes and a pit right. and stuff. Like, yes. you don't need that. Right. Exactly. Daniel Radcliffe, the main star, what was it like working with him on set? You know, obviously he's known for Harry Potter. Yep. The totally different atmosphere, totally different role. What was yeah. it like working with him? Um, he was great. Um, I mean, I can't say enough good things about Daniel Radcliffe um, as a person and as an actor. Like, you know, for someone so globally famous to be so centered and so cool and so um, conscious of what it means to be, to, he, he understands the fact that he's, you know, a global superstar. Mm-hmm. His face, uh, even the little villages in the back box of Columbia were shooting. <laughs> you'd drive past this little village that was basically a house that was like a few bits of tin on the side of a road. And there's a Harry Potter poster there. Really? And it was really amazing. And then when we went into those villages, all the, the kids would be crowding around watching us shoot in those back streets. And they're kind of, you know, amazed that, that he's there. And it was really amazing and touching because he's so great with the fans and stuff. But yeah. he he's amazing because he hasn't let that go to his head in any negative way. He basically is, you know, aware of what it is. Um, here's the interesting story, and it, it's, it kind of still amazes me. When we're shooting the last part of the movie in Queensland, because we shot half in Colombia, the other half in Queensland and Australia, um, I had to go and grab Daniel one day to come and do some pickup line that we missed or something. And I, I went, I, you know, opened his trailer, and basically um, his trailer was wall to wall, like floor to ceiling with Harry Potter books and stuff. All the crew had been giving stuff to him and to his assistant to sign for his thing, and he said yes to every one of it. So at the end, Where, of the, so, did, so the books were from the crew or from from you know someone's children or someone's ah. kids and stuff because you know working with Daniel and they're oh my god I'd love to get a signed book. So his the whole trailer was filled with stuff that people wanted him to sign. He was going to spend like the last part of his entire day on set just sitting there doing all this signing and stuff. Wow. 
as a way to show thanks to all the people. Like he, and he, and he could have just said, look, I'm too tired, you know, yeah. I'm going to go and take a shower. But he basically just spent the rest of the day signing stuff for people because he understands what that character and that, that those stories mean to people because they're really, you know, incredibly empowering, amazing stories. And he's part of that and he can see that. And mm-hmm. he's just a, you know, awesome guy. But as, a, as an actor, like in order to make the movie and actually do it authentically, when we first spoke on the phone, I knew we had to find someone who was completely um, going to put 250% into, the, into mm-hmm. the role because it's a real person. We can't let him down. I was scared of you know, letting him down and him being disappointed with the movie. And, also, and you have to be able to study up. You have to be able to do your research and right. become like this person, not yeah. become like a person you create. Right, exactly. And then he spent you know, weeks learning the Israeli accent and he spent um, – there's a massive physical transformation in the film. So he mm-hmm. kind of – you know, he vanishes into the character of the movie, and that's Daniel being a professional actor, trying to be, uh, you know, he's focused on just doing great craft, which is really inspiring as a director, because that's what you want from your actors. Awesome, awesome. Well, I mean, he he's great, and again, the movie is great. We want to be able to promote that as much as possible. Go see it. It will keep you on the other seat. As of a lot of other movies, you know, to be able to, to move into, a lot of the other movies are very much the same way. You love working on the movies that maybe keep people on the edge of the seat or have right. that same kind of genre. What is it about those movies um i think i grew up watching alfred hitchcock films um and i kind of gravitated towards you know thriller kind of scary kind of that kind of film i think i i you know i don't know i think something hitchcock was you know famous for saying was about basically cinema is about intensity it's about how much intensity you can put on the screen and that can be through suspense through you know all different techniques but i kind of look for movies that let the audience know they've been through an experience um, I really can't stand movies where I just kind of watch it and go, huh. I want to know I've been moved powerfully by something. So I try and find stories that have a very powerful idea in them or an emotion in them. And sometimes, you know, and, and horror films and thrillers are fun because you get to play with very primary emotions like fear or suspense or um, dread and those things, which are really fun as a filmmaker because you get to actually see the audience react very directly. Yeah. Which is very entertaining and fun. And also, um, for this kind of story, I just found it very powerfully emotional and very inspiring. I think after doing a bunch of horror films, which I really loved, I thought I'd love to do something that's a different kind of thing where a lot of my films, it's someone trying to take a life. This one's about someone trying to save a life. And I thought it would be great to try and do something in that tone um, and, you know, tell an inspiring story. Awesome. I love that. Obviously, we're all about inspiration on this show. Growing up watching Alfred Hitchcock film, did you how how young were you when you knew that you wanted to do this? Or did you always maybe be working on a movie project or thinking of a script when you were younger? Um, I, I actually started out. I, I went to art school, so I was going to be a painter, like a fine artist, for many oh, wow. many years. And I was I was you know I, I could just draw naturally very well very early on. So I was always drawing. I spent the whole first part of my life drawing. And I went to art school, and then. Um, it wasn't until sort of almost towards the end of that that I thought I'd always been obsessed with movies, but never really made the connection that I could do it. Um, and then I, I applied to, to um, I wrote some short films and I applied for some uh, to this grant to get the um, to make a short film, mm-hmm. and I won it. And I was so surprised. I thought, oh my god, I know nothing about working with actors. I better go and learn to work with actors. What did you have to put forward for that grant? Did you have to put together a like project, a, like or a, yeah, a, a pitch? I had to put forward. It was. Um, to help people who had kind of big ambitions and big dreams. And I was living in a small town called Bendigo in, you know, Nowheresville, Australia. Yeah. And, um, and, I, and I got it. I was so surprised that I just, I thought I'd really better quickly learn how to work with actors because <laughs> I had no idea. And so I went to drama school for a year. And um, I did that in order to learn how to work with actors. And then from that, going to drama school led to directing commercials and theater. And I went all the way around through realizing that maybe I should start writing my own scripts 
and then I wrote a bunch of screenplays over a couple of years and then after a while of struggling to get those made I finally got my first first one made which was Wolf Creek in 2005 you said that you know you, you didn't know if you could do it or you didn't know that you could be a director why um, I just didn't think it was something that I could ever I just couldn't I thought it was done by other people you know and I never other, really you know it was just it was a million miles away just because it was that small town you thought I, I can't from my beginnings I can't get to that place yeah, I mean, I grew up in a little tiny country town with how many people were in your how many people were in your town? Uh, you know, probably eighty thousand. Okay, that's not it's not tiny. I grew up in a town of twelve hundred, so I was just wondering. Right. I always hear like small. Well, towns, the, the but... school that I went to, the, the, but I lived in the I, that's the town, but I lived in the, out in the out in the bush or what oh. you call it, the woods. So the primary school that I went to uh, had like twenty four kids in it. So that was that wow. was kind of our community was it was a rural farming community. So okay. the big town was the eighty thousand, but we were out in the bush there. So we just had a big farm and we just ran around, you know, shooting and riding motorbikes and stuff. <laughs> so it was kind of that kind of you know upbringing. Um, but yeah, so coming from that environment, it was hard to think of the idea that you could get to make movies. And you was know. that an environment where people kind of did what their parents did, or you kind of yeah. just you? It was had- very much like you, you you grow up and you go and you get a trade and you, you learn to build or you know do stuff practically. And and most of my family were doing very practical kind of things. Um, but I just wanted to be. I just wanted to be an artist. I was just. I spent my entire life. You know. Looking, you know, I was very into comic books. I was very into art and very into music and very into um, all that kind of stuff. And I just, you know, I just sort of was lucky enough to have parents who just kind of said, "Do what you love to do." That's awesome. And eventually, it'll work out. And I spent many years really just sort of not really knowing what I was doing, but I was just pursuing interests creatively mm-hmm. um, and managed to survive long enough to be able to, you know, keep intact. And were you working side jobs at that point? Yeah, you- I was doing all kinds of crazy jobs. I was doing. What do we got? Uh, you know, you name it, whatever crappy jobs you can you can <laughs> think of. Factory work, like wait, waiter. All the yes, all of that. Uh, you know, any kind of crappy old job you could possibly think of. But you know, it was all you know because I was I was kind of committed to basically do, pursuing my 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 dream. Um, I didn't want to kind of you know compromise that by just going off because I knew if I got started doing another career completely, I would have. Um, would never get back on track, mm-hmm. and that and a lot of that was really struggling. Like I spent, you know, I had one period there where I was I had a, was working for a company, and the company went bust, and I went. A friend and I also was in the same situation with both filmmakers, and we suddenly found ourselves completely and utterly broke. And I moved into a place that I was renting with other people as my office, so I was sleeping on my couch for <laughs> some time before, and it was just at the time when we had our final. Um, uh, we were look, trying to raise the finance for my first film. Mm-hmm. And it was really edge of the seat stuff. It was literally this was the last kind of roll of the dice. It was literally like if I if this this one doesn't work, then what am I going to do? I mean, it was that was seriously close to giving up. And, and that uh, was Wolf Creek. That was Wolf Creek, yeah. Which grossed twenty eight million dollars. Yeah, I think it's actually much more than that. But I think that's what's on on the, on the yeah. internet. But um, but yeah, so that was you know we made that as a, a you know a last ditch kind of like because I've been writing all these screenplays, but they were very big in scale. Because when you when you start out, you go, why can't I write a Star Wars? Why can't I write a you know huge space epic um, you can but you can't think that you're going to produce it or direct it because it takes so much money so eventually I thought why don't I write something really small and really doable and lower the bar to entry to sort of zero I'll make it so cheaply that no one can possibly say no it's going to be you know one guy bunch of kids a highway and some stuff um, and by doing that I got it financed and um, 
and we made the movie and you know we made the film as a straight independent film mm-hmm. um, it got bought uh, out of Sundance Film Festival it got selected for Sundance which was amazing mm-hmm. and then it got selected for Cannes so we went to those two international festivals and it was just a, a really extraordinary kind of ride it was good fun how long was that period of like you're saying you're you're living on the couch and yep. you're trying to get this to you realize that it has become something when it's at the film festivals I think I mean wanting it back probably there was probably about a six or seven year period I wasn't living on my couch for seven years yeah. but it was I was probably struggling to get films made actively for probably about six or seven years where I was trying and failing and and look the failing part was really important like it was it was hit, running against a wall and hitting it and, and you know it not working trying again you know working applying for financing places not getting it you know repeatedly and I still actually keep all the letters I, I cherish all the rejection letters I've got because in Australia we have you know we have a government financing system for films um, as one of the ways to finance films and you know I have all these lovely rejection letters of uh, you know thanks for your application it's great but we're not going to fund you and it's interesting because you you know, I learned a lot from that, from just basically about perseverance and about... And maybe that's why I related to this story about perseverance because I think it's a really crucial factor in any kind of success is basically being able to, um, under, you know, to take rejection and understand that it doesn't really mean anything. And there's so many factors in why something gets chosen rather than you for any particular thing and to know it's not personal. Was that a lesson that you learned right away or less than maybe three or four rejection letters in you just had to tell yourself? Uh, look, it was, it was probably – I had a, you know, some fairly interesting experiences early on where I wrote a screenplay and I kind of lost it to a, to a production company and realized the kind of cutthroat nature sometimes of film industry. And I really realized the necessity of, um, of taking a bit more control, which is why I became a producer because I thought, you know, I don't want to have that kind of, you know – careless thing happened again so I thought I'll just take I'll just go be the producer myself and make my own company and I'll produce it so no one can fire me and I'll control my stuff and then that that's how that's how we kind of made Wolf Creek like that and that's why you know 10 years later I'm show running a spin-off TV show second season coming out this year Mm -hmm. Um, because I thought I'd just rather control it than um you know, I saw how fickle it could be if you didn't have that, that kind of control. Yeah, and for people who don't know, that is a spinoff of Wolf Creek TV. Yes. Yeah, yeah so we did, you know, Wolf Creek 1, then a, then a feature film sequel, then a, a first season of TV show last year, mm-hmm. and then we're just finishing the second season of the Wolf Creek TV show right now. Awesome, awesome. Where do you see, how many seasons do you think that can go? Are you planning that, or is that a... We, kinda... well, well, actually, we, you know, this story arc is a new story arc from the, from the previous one, mm-hmm. but it sets up a whole new... Um, a whole new idea. So hopefully people really like this one and mm-hmm. um, and we get another season. It'd be great. And it's a really I'm, – I'm super excited about this one because it's just, uh, you know, it's really – we've got a you know great writing team, some awesome directors working on it. I directed the first two and it's just – it's super fun. Awesome, awesome. Well, the movie obviously was – you know, we're talking about the, the incredible success, but I, kind of, I think anytime you, you have something like that, there's pressure almost right. that comes along with it. How long did, did, did you – maybe feel the pressure how long did it take you know you're riding this high what was that high like coming and then i have to do another project right after wolf creek you mean yeah um well i did i i basically you know i was aware that sometimes people um make something that gets noticed and then spend a long time choosing the next thing and become the you know and i feel like that was a mistake to wait too long so i really just got something into production straight away and basically Mm -hmm. i made my second movie rogue rogue was in 2007 right two years later yep yep and so that was that was actually the original script I wanted to do, and I was that was what I was trying to get made, and I, I lost that script to a production company. And then I, after the Wolf Creek came out, I got the rights back, and then I went oh, and made nice. that as my second film. And I did that straight away in order to not 
um, get caught up in anything. I thought I'm just going to go and make another movie, um, and made that film, which was a really great experience. It didn't get. It, it kind of had. It was it was like uh, the best of times and the worst of times. We had a great experience making it. Mm-hmm. It wasn't distributed particularly widely in the US. We had mm-hmm. a, a distributor who didn't like the film for various reasons. They were kind of angry about the amount of control we had making the film. And it was you know someone who was in the news right now who didn't particularly like relinquishing <laughs> control. Yep. Um, and uh, but it's funny because it, it's weird. I'm doing a lot of you know chat about um, Jungle at the moment, and it's so weird how many people have seen Rogue and how many people just love that movie. Yeah. And it's a real that film was a real labor of love for me, and it's. Because I, I adore that kind of film. I love creature features and I love sort of 70s um, environmental horror films. And I got a chance to make one. So it was kind of like, a, you know, a, a dream come true making that movie because I've been working on it for so long. I love how you're saying, you know, you, you, you wanted to kind of hit the ground running again. Because I think it's true. A lot of people, they, they achieve great success and they're like, I need to follow it up with something better. Right. And I need, they put too much maybe emphasis on that or pressure yeah. on themselves. It's, 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 always, it's always hard and, um, because... It's it's very hard. I think what happens is um, people with their first thing spend. It sometimes takes them a decade to get it made. And I, you know, with with Quick, I had ten years of thinking about the kind of movie I wanted to do before I made it. And there's so much detail and care in that. And then once that gets done, I mean, literally the the week after they, the, the the studio bought that movie, they were saying, "Can we make a sequel?" Which I said, I said, no, I don't want to do one so quickly because it took so long to work out the first one. I have to think about what the second one would be in order to make sense. And mm-hmm. that people couldn't understand why you wouldn't just take the cash and do it. Um, but I think if you're interested in you know longevity and quality, you can take a beat and say when it's when we're ready we'll do it. And it took me a long time to actually get the sequel made, but when I did do it, it was the right thing because it's actually the right it, it's 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 the right idea. It wasn't forced. No, it was it, it, it was and, and people who understand what Wolf Creek is all about when they see the sequel, they realize that it's totally quite different. Um, but it's in the Wolf Creek world. And same with the TV show, like the TV show. They're all very consistent and but different at the same time, and they're very considered about what they're doing. How do you stay dedicated when you have a project like you're working on for, like you said, a decade or a project that's, you know, even two or three years between projects and you're working on that? I mean, actors, they are in four projects a year, five projects a year, and right. they do a part and then they move on. Yeah. But directors are and writers, you're following through the entire project. Yeah. How do you stay dedicated during that time? I think I think it comes down to choosing things that move you very powerfully in some way. Like you've got to really love the idea, and you've got to try and find a way to keep, um, you know, you've got to find like the the singular notion that you keep reminding yourself of. That's why you're telling it, and that's the thing you want to really t- talk to the audience about, whatever that is. And you just hope that you get that idea through intact, because there's so many obstacles along the way of making anything at the script stage, at the shooting stage, the ending stage. So you want to try and you know, take that initial, you know, core inspiration and give it to the audience as pure as you possibly can. And sometimes you get get it right and sometimes you, you know, get a bit knocked off course. Oh, absolutely. And it just, yeah, it just amazes me because, like, it's so long of a time sometimes. I mean, especially when, nowadays, when you're, things are new every day. Right. And to be able to maintain course on something for two years and be able to say, this is a good project. And I, you can't force it either. You can't be like, oh, I need a project a year. I need a project. It needs to right. take its time. Yeah. Look, it's tricky. I mean, it's tricky, and you know, and and I think also there's times when I probably should have grabbed opportunities that were in front of me, um, uh, in hindsight. Uh, but you know, everyone goes about it their own way, and um, you know. No, absolutely. <laughs> one, one of my favorite quotes is, a, "A project is never finished; it's abandoned." Too right. It's so true. Like Jungle, also like. I would still be editing that movie if they hadn't pulled me away from the from the editing suite because I was just like, you know, so 
you know, obsessive about the every detail, and um, they had to just say, "Look, you got to stop. You got to yeah. stop. Got to stop working on it." You can get you, there's always that like, "Oh, but it may, but if we shot this differently, <laughs> yes. but if we did, yes. if we change this sound cue, if we move <laughs> that scene there, and you know, movies that you know, they're definitely. Uh, I think it actually Hitchcock said maybe Hitchcock movies aren't completed; they're abandoned because yeah. you just got to stop. Yeah, you, you can drive yourself crazy. Literally. And often you do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, something else that can drive maybe yourself crazy is, you know, when a movie comes out, to be able to focus on the reviews or focus on the ratings. And what, what is it getting on IMDb? What, what are, right. you know, the critics saying about it? Yeah. How do you handle that of taking the criticism but not, you know, putting all of your, you know, mind into yeah. this criticism that it can drive you crazy because it's just one person's opinion? Yeah. Uh, look, it's, it's, it's difficult because, um, you know... You you know it's very personal you know and people mm-hmm. people people who say they're not affected by it are probably lying because it's it's you know if someone's you make something and someone says it sucks it's it, you don't want people to say that you want people to say it's great <laughs> it's fabulous wonderful thing um, I I I try and protect myself a little bit by kind of um, you know I try if I won't obsessively read everything um, I kind of get a sense of what's going on you can't help but look at you know Metacritic and scores and see what's going. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the big, the final thing is whether you're, you know, genuinely happy, whether you really think that you got it right, whether you did it right, um, you know, and then, then you kind of protect a bit from what anyone says because, you know, if you think you really nailed it and some people don't get it, some people don't like it or it's popular or it's not, you can kind of have that satisfaction that you did the best you could. Mm-hmm. Um, but, of course, everyone, you know, people, you make popular entertainment to be popular. You know, you want people to love stuff yeah. and... You struggle to try and get things right, and you hope people really respond to it. And you know, it's awful sometimes. It's so funny though because when you read, and also now with Twitter, people uh-huh. just people just tweet you directly ah. and say, "Hey man, you suck." <laughs> it's like, gee, thanks. And sometimes you read stuff, and you read it and go, "Wow, imagine just thinking I'm just going to tweet the person who I just saw the thing they made, just tell them they're stupid." It's like <laughs> I, read, I read one the other day that was so funny. It makes me laugh, but it's kind of amusing. Where um. It was so. It was like, uh, you know, dear Greg at ACP, uh, you you really screwed this up, and I just think you're a complete hack. <laughs> it's like, well, thanks, thanks for sharing. Um, uh, I'll, I'll hopefully do better next time. It's fairly funny. It's the blessing and the curse of 140 <laughs> characters. Yeah, is what I always say, and it, it's it gives people one power, yeah. which is again good and bad. Yes. You, you feel like you have an influence. But on the other other hand, you're yeah. hiding behind this yeah. right here, and oh, I I can say this, and they don't know who I am besides this it's, profile picture. It's 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 really amusing because because it's great when people say something nice when someone says, "Oh, I saw that thing you did that was really really good," and you know, thanks for making good stuff, which is really encouraging. But then every now and then you just read something really horrible, <laughs> just like, "Oh my god!" Imagine just sitting next to someone at a restaurant and saying, "Hey, I see you, you're the guy who did the thing. You you suck." It's like, <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, enjoy your enjoy your hot dogs. Uh, it was it's pretty funny. What do you hope people gain from your film? I mean, you kind of touched on that earlier. Like, you want something where people you like projects where people can connect right away or be able to experience something. Yeah. What do you hope people gain from your films? From Jungle or, or from well from Jungle and then from your other films? I, I think they're all they're all about different things in some way. I think Jungle in particular is. Um, you know what? What really drew me to the to the story was, you know, to survive the experience Yossi was going through, which was truly horrific. I mean, yes. imagine being twenty one years old, stuck in the Amazon. You've lost all your friends. You have nothing to help you. No torch. No matches. No anything. And you don't know what to do. You spend three weeks trying to get out of that. Every single night, 
as soon as the sun goes down, the jungle comes alive with things trying to eat each other and eat you. It's terrifying. And and how he, um, what moved me and inspired me was how he survived that was using his imagination to project himself into kind of forced dreams. And he had the same kind of three sort of movie scenarios playing in his head um, that were pretty basic and they're in the movie. You can see these fantasy sequences that he has. And he used his imagination to help him survive the event. And I kind of that was really moving to me because I thought, wow, that's kind of like how human beings use um, stories and art and music and that's why we have art. That's what art yes. does. Yeah. Because way back when when we were all in caves and we, at some point, we thought life is quite tough and things are out there trying to, to kill us and life is full of stress and anxiety and pain and all that kind of stuff. How do we escape that? Well, we use story. We communicate our experience to connect us to the rest of the human race. We talk about how we feel we talk we're through love mm-hmm. songs through poetry through drama through movies through tv we look at other people having the human experience and so this story which ostensibly feels like a survival tale which it is has this really interesting idea in it which is is that you know human beings use art to transcend the mundane scary horrible things in life and i thought that was a really interesting idea worth you know worth sharing with people yeah yeah, absolutely, and it's. I mean, it's, it's incredible, like you say, the survival. And I think we have a, a picture. We have obviously the 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 trailer picture, which you can tell he's in the jungle. But there's another picture, and he's another scene in there where he's facing like a jaguar at right. night. I think yes. and he's he's using a, a lighter. Yeah. And he's trying <laughs> right. to get it to light right. in, a, in a spray can. Yes, and actually, that really that really happened. He was being stalked by a really big jaguar for a couple of days. We we don't we don't show the. He was aware there was something following him for a mm-hmm. while. And then one night it decided to come in and make the attack. And he had a um, he had some bug spray in, in mm-hmm. his pa- pack. And he'd seen, I think it's in the movie, um, Dr. Noah Goldfinger. It's an early okay. Bond film where James Bond uses a spray can to kill a big tar- tarantula, I think. Mm. And he'd seen this movie and he thought, I, I can do, I can fight off this Jaguar with a, with a um, you know, aerosol can and a uh, cigarette lighter, which he did. And it ran away because, you know, they're scared of the flame. It's just, it's, I, I'm a big camping guy, so I, I, I see I've seen this, this movie, not anymore. I see this, and I, you know, I'm like, man, I was, I was, uh, I was out camping somewhere uh, east of LA the other day, and I saw my first tarantula. Right. I was at, I was at, like, down, it was a place called Deep Creek, and it's uh, hiking in at night, and we got lights on, and we're walking on this path, and all of a sudden we see this big spider crawling. Oh, I'm my like, God. Well, it's, it's nature, though. It's, yeah. it's all yeah. there. Yeah, it, it's just doing its thing. Absolutely. How important, you know, is it, you, you, you mentioned, obviously, the producer who's making news right now, Harvey Weinstein, and now he, he helped produce Rogue. How important is it, you know, to, to kind of surround yourself with the, the people in the industry that are, you know, with you on your goals and being able to, to help you? And then how, how shocked, obviously, and appalled were you to be able to yeah. hear that? I know. It's, it's kind of just insane, that whole thing. It's just so depressing. Um, yeah, I mean, look... Uh, having worked closely with them, I'd seen you know the 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 you know the bullying and the kind of crazy aggressive you know gangster tactics firsthand. Um, yeah, because you said with your film, like, yeah. what they kind of tried. Well, to they do. they basically you know I mean, long story short, we you know after the success of Wolf Creek, we got the next film greenlit straight away by the by that company, mm-hmm. um, full control, all that kind of stuff, and and had a pretty good deal to make the movie. Uh, once we finished the film, they had kind of become so embittered by the fact they didn't have the control they usually had that they decided to hate the movie. So when we delivered the movie, they're like, you know, we're not going to 
we're not going to fulfill our commitments that we've contractually done to release wow. the movie. And it just became horrible. And when people see the film, they're like, wow, they didn't really, they kind of did it. And it was just, it was just their, their way of kind of demonstrating, you know, power again, which was just so juvenile and stupid and like idiotic. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's, 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 I think, I don't think anyone's surprised at, at them being, you know, um, you know, everyone knew they were bullies and, and acted like gangsters and were just, you know, verging on criminal, the whole thing. Mm-hmm. But I think, I mean, I, I'm stunned like everyone about the, 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 the scale and the insanity yeah, of the allegations. It like it's genuinely, it's almost like 10 times worse than you could have possibly imagined. And, and I was just a guy who got, like many, many other filmmakers, got screwed mm-hmm. over by them in some way. But and that's nothing compared to what people are really dealing with. Like the the women that got assaulted and stuff is just it's it's horrific. How for you for you, for you though? I mean, as a, as a director and writer, you know, even coming growing up in Australia, coming here for your projects to be able to have you know to be able to pair yourself with people who are who are inspiring you and pushing you on your dreams. Did you have those people growing up? Or yeah, I mean, who we are along that way. Yeah, I mean, we had uh, you know at that time I was working with a bunch of filmmakers from Australia. And we had a very tight-knit unit that was, you know, we were working quite strongly together. But I think it's important to have your your team or your posse or your group who are creatively looking out for each other and mm-hmm. got each other's backs. And you've got to sort of have that. You've got to find your people. And, you know, you also want to find the people you want to be creative with and make things with. And it's amazing, you know, going back to you, it's awesome to hear that your parents were that supportive. Uh, yeah, of, they were. They are amazing. Of like, growing up in a town where it is, like... You know, I, I like I said, I was a town of 1,200 people, and yeah. it's hard to be able to branch out of that town, right. and especially for you, of that town to be able to get into a bigger town, to be able to get into, you know, Sydney or a huge city in Australia, but then right. to move to LA. I mean, do you think that sometimes of like where you came from? Uh, I mean, I was back at my folks' place recently, and um, I, I actually, you know, I was thinking about that the other day. I was just driving around doing stuff in, in LA, and you know, I grew up in a, you know, my, my father was a sheep shearer, like he was shearing sheep in a wood wow. and cutting wood. And, you know, he grew up in the 19, kind of, you know, 30s, 40s, I was quite old. But um, it's, it's interesting because um, I was lucky to have, uh, you know, a dad who kind of was very, um, he didn't really have any kind of sense of like, you got to go and cut wood or you got to go and shoot. He's like, you do what you want to do. Like you, you, you know, pursue your own dream. And um, that was a really powerful thing, and kind of always keep that you know that message alive with, from him. What drives you in the future to be able to to get that next project? What drives you? I think um, I'm just you know I, I mean I love movies, I love TV shows. I kind of I'm very very inspired by story. Story is really my passion. Like the way that stories can change lives, and the way that stories have changed my life. Like. One of the, and this goes back to what Jungle's about, which is is that stories and dreams and imagination can change lives and transform lives. So mm-hmm. there's been so many amazing story experiences I've had in my life, whether it's reading a book at a particular age or seeing a movie at a particular age that gave you an idea you never thought possible or get, made you feel a way you never thought you'd feel or just blew your mind. So I try and, um, you know, I, I actively try and, um, you know, seek out new things and try and keep inspired and and also every time I do work on a film or you know set up a project I'm walking onto it like I'm totally fresh because I'm saying I want to I know the tricks that I've learned so far I want to try new things I want to do something different and Jungle also is that you know there were some challenges in that that were trying to tackle a different kind of storytelling mm-hmm. so I'm you know I'm a, the great thing about filmmaking is you're a constant student you're constantly learning. I'm trying. You know, you get to go and inhabit a different mindset for a while, a different skill set, work with new people, learn from new people, um, 
and I'm really happy to go in there and say, I want to absorb as much as I can from this experience and, and do things that I've never done before and keep developing as, a, as an artist and as a craftsperson as well. What did you learn from Jungle? Is there anything specific that you Don't go up? into the Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I look, I just, I think I learned kind of, um, you know, just the power of simplicity, um, the power of letting, getting out of the way of the idea and letting, letting, you know, actors kind of just be on camera and there's a real you know at, at the end of the day the story's about you know these relationships and these friendships and it's about friendships and how they form and how they fall apart and what can happen as much as it's about survival and determination um, so I was kind of fascinated with watching you know these actors inhabit these characters and, and perform these very complex and subtle kind of shifts in you know relationship um, and that was fascinating and I, I'm really interested in that kind of you know seeing complex characters and realistic characters um, on screen. So I'm, I'm interested in that kind of stuff. What is your definition of success? So a question that I love asking to, to close it out, especially after hearing your story of growing up in a small town where your dad is a sheep shearer and the expectations maybe that other people had for you at that stage right. to being then pursuing your dreams but living on a couch in an office <laughs> and this is my last attempt and I hope this goes well. <laughs> To now, you're putting out movies with, you know, again, Kevin Bacon, Sam Worthington, Daniel Radcliffe, these multi-million dollar productions. What is your definition of success? Um, I think I think one of the things that helped me keep going um, through the difficult periods where I was struggling and not getting away was that I, um, you know, I kind of removed that idea that, you know, once I get to that thing, I'll be successful and happy. I actually decided to be happy a long time before that because I think that what we can do in life is go, when I get to that thing, when I get to Success Mountain, I'm holding that Oscar or doing that thing, I'll then allow myself to be happy. I kind of, you know, thought, well, I'm going, I'll push towards where my destiny is going anyway. I'll try and pursue my dream, but I don't want to delay being content. I actually want to be happy now. And so I, I consciously try to stay present and focused and really and enjoy my life. And I try to, even when I'm making a movie like Jungle, we're in the middle of the Amazon. We've got, you know, we're in very, very stressful conditions and it's raining and it's storming and there's, you know, snakes and spiders running around. I look at around and I remind myself, this is where you want it to be. And I, I you know, I, I kind of, um, you know... I try and be present. You know, I don't, I don't delay the idea of being happy because I think that that can be a bit of a trap. Because also, particularly with entertainment, it's such a bizarre, wacky industry and a crazy thing to do because it's so, you know, you're up, you're down, you're working, you're not. It's, it's all over the place. So I, if, you, if you don't have a sense of your own self and happiness outside of that and you, if you let that be your happiness, I think that'll be a very stressful kind of unhappy time. I love that. I literally, that, that is amazing to be able to hear and I think that's something that, hit so many people who, who are in that stage. Like you say, right. they were like, oh, but if I get this, this is going to give me the happiness. Oh, if yeah. I get this or this title or yeah. am I am able to afford this house. Yeah. And that's that doesn't provide it because then you yeah. get it and then it's, an, it's another letdown. Right. It's another like you're, you're there and you're like, oh, I just spent 20 years killing myself. This thing. Yeah. You, you know, <laughs> but I, I just I do think it's important that thing of um, of realizing that that, you know, because and it's often financial as well. People think, you know, when I get a, when I get, you know, a million dollars, when I get this, when I get whatever, you know, it's it never goes as far as you think it does. No, but it's it's also like the the the, the getting there is better than the than the thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like it's good to be motivated, and energized by your goals. But I think that um, that it's you know, 
I, I kind of like I, I've always kind of lived as if I was already there. I've always thought to myself, what would I be doing if I if I had those things that I think I want? What would I be feeling and doing like? And I just go, just do that now. I mean, and it takes yes. a degree of kind of like removing. I think we also get very self conscious and very. Um, I think one of the biggest obstacles to people getting what they want is is being worried about other people and what other people um, think of them and appearances. I think once you can kind of totally forget what other people don't worry about what other people think about what you're doing or the choices you make because we can get so obsessed about how we're perceived and um, my parents kind of gave me that message as well like don't worry about anyone else don't care what people think you know do your do your own thing mm-hmm. do live your life and 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 it's kind of liberating because you realize I'm not competing with anyone and I you know I celebrate my friends successes and if they do well I'm you know so happy for them but um you just got to you're, you're on your own path and you can only celebrate what you do absolutely I love that again I think that's so inspiring that uh, that's it for the serious part we made we made it through the serious part I didn't even tell you so we uh, we always close the show with uh, like a fun section of like right. questions maybe like rapid fire so okay. I got maybe like six and seven questions okay. here I'm very interested to hear your take on just about movies about entertainment right we always have some fun music playing underneath and so are you ready Sure. All right. So, uh, first question: Oscars coming up in a couple months. What are your favorites? Do you think for the? We're going to take your movies out of it. You're going right. to take take Jungle out of it. Right. What is your What is your pick? Maybe uh, top two movies that you think have a chance for Best Picture Oscar. Oh man, that's so difficult. Um, I really hope that Get Out. I know it's controversial. Mm-hmm. I really feel like that film is so well made and so good that maybe it has a chance. Yeah. yeah maybe we finally legitimize um, horror by getting an Oscar for Get Out. Um, what else do I think? Um, gosh, I'm blanking on everything that I've seen. You're good. I know, and The Shape of Water still has yet to come out. Yeah, uh, right. I'm, yeah. Okay, I'm going to give that an advanced vote. Yeah. Just because <laughs> Just because I love Guillermo del Toro so much. I'm such a, a giant fan of his work. I kind of already I already know. I'm already in love with the movie, having just you know yeah. seen the trailer. Yeah. I'll give that an advanced Oscar. It looks so, it looks <laughs> so good. What actor or actress uh, haven't you worked with that you maybe you want to be able to work with? Um, I'm a big Chris Hemsworth fan. And it's not just that he's an Aussie. I just think he's an amazing... You're going to say it's not the bias. No, no, he's... no. He's just, he's just a great actor. I love the way he's kind of developing into more kind of comedic and different dramatic areas. And I think he's a great movie star. I'd love to work with him. Um, Naomi Watts. I've got to stop picking Australians. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many good Aussie actors. I come to LA and it's like, they're all Aussies. I'm like, where's all the American actors? And, you know... That's great, There's though. so many. Nothing I love... Uh, look, Kevin Spacey, I think, is incredible. Um, yeah. You know, there's so many, there's so many great actors. No, absolutely. There's, there are a few. Uh, best movie you've ever seen? Best movie I've ever seen? Mm-hmm. Empire Strikes Back. Are you, are you, are you also a fan of the new Star Wars? Oh, I, yeah. Look, I really, really liked. Um, look, I know it's controversial. I liked Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was not without flaws, but I, I just, I'm, I'm a big JJ Abrams fan. I thought he did a great job with it. The new one, I look as, a, as a really, as a hardcore Star Wars fan. You can't not love those films because they basically play directly to you know your obsessive nature. Yeah. About, oh my god, it was the Warriors Man they, from New Hope, and yeah. you, they, I you know they hit you, they get me. So I, I think they're you know I don't think they're perfect films, but they're pretty damn good. Yeah, it's hard to pick a favorite child, but what is the favorite project that you've put out? Jungle. Good answer. <laughs> Jungle's pretty damn good. I mean, I, I'm really, 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 you know, I love the story and love the movie. Um, 
but you know, I can't pick a favorite, of course. Yeah, it's like, it's like picking ch- picking children. Yeah. You're not, you know, we're not totally yeah. forcing your hand here. Yeah. But yeah, Jungle, great it's movie. Special uh, and closing it out, uh, Jungle, true story. Love working on true stories. What next true story are you looking at that you want to be able to do something about? You want to be able to put together a movie. Is there a story that you've heard? Um, there's a couple of amazing stories, but I'm, I'm afraid if I, I talk about them publicly, then all the screenwriters out there are going to go, oh, I'm going to jump on the internet and I'm going to find that. <laughs> and then in two weeks' time, I'm going to read on Deadline, um, you know, a p- aspiring screenwriter for Burbank has an idea about... <laughs> so I, I can't say. There's, are um, they stories that people know about or are these hidden gems? Um... They're kind of hidden gems, but they're parts of American history that are really fascinating and uh, and and definitely very scary. Awesome, true stories. Awesome. And well, we just had the Detroit was another one of the I, right people. Lo- they love them. Yeah, they love the true stories. Right, we're so excited. I, here's the thing. I, I I would love to be able to get it out of you, but I love the surprise as well to be able to not know what's coming and to be able to kind of it, find the out. The element of surprise is crucial. Absolutely. Well, thank you very much for joining us again. Follow you on Twitter and send good messages. Yes, don't, don't send. If you think the movie sucks, don't don't tell me. <laughs> you can keep that one to yourself. If you like it, if you have something positive to say, share that. I don't. I life's tough. I don't need you to tell me that I'm stupid. <laughs> I know I'm stupid. We want to be able to use Twitter for a, for a positive purpose. You have 140 yes. characters of yes. love. Go use them at Greg ECP again. Go see Jungle. Just came out this weekend, starring Daniel Radcliffe. It looks amazing it's going to be amazing you go see it and then maybe if you want to go to the amazon afterwards you can you can but this is like your experience of the amazon (laughs) without having to go there and be eaten by bugs yourself exactly it's a win-win that's what we like to call that again thanks for joining us those on itunes please like comment subscribe if you're on youtube we really appreciate you joining live you can get a fuller experience with pictures being able to see this video you can also join us live in the live chat leave your comments Again, spread that love, spread that positivity. If you want to spread that to me, you can find me on Twitter, on Instagram, at the only MC. Guys, thank you again. Another episode coming next Monday, every Monday here on Popcorn Talk. Tell your friends, go be something, go be, go be kind, go spread love, go do something nice for someone. We'll see you next time. From producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals. 